loss helps us define our lives. By allowing our grief to matter, we discover our own strengths and embrace our authentic selves. Welcome to Good Grief with your host, Cheryl Jones. Get ready to be inspired to create a deeper life to make your time on Earth much more meaningful. Now, here is Cheryl Jones. Hello, I'm your host, Cheryl Jones, and I want to welcome you to Good Grief, where we talk each week about the transformations that can come from loss. Today's the third in a series on the Lavender Pentor, or at least inspired by it. The San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus and the Oakland Interfaith Gospel Choir toured five southern states in October 2017 to share our music and raise money for local groups. If you'd like to know more about my perspective on the intersection of that mission with grief and transformation, you can check out my February 17th 2018 interview with Terrence Kelly and Tim Selig, the directors of the choirs that went on the tour. I talked for a while at the beginning of that show about uh, how this uh, impacted me as someone who works works in the grief field. For this third in the series, I welcome Marilyn Bennett and Gilbert Caldwell. Together, they're the producers of the film From Selma to Stonewall, Are We There Yet? Marilyn Bennett also directed the film. Gilbert Caldwell is a retired United Methodist minister and lifelong activist in the civil rights movement from the 1964 Mississippi Freedom Summer to the 1968 Poor People's March. He's the author of numerous books and blogs on social justice, including his latest, Something Within. Gil served several historic black churches in the Northeast, including Union Methodist in Boston and St. Mark's in Harlem. He served as Associate General Secretary to the General Commission on Religion and and Race and as Executive Director of the Ministerial Interfaith Association of Harlem. Gil helped found several organizations on the forefront of erasing bigotry within the church, including Black Methodists for Church Renewal, the National Congress of I'm sorry, Conference of Black Churchmen, and United Methodists of Color for a Fully Inclusive Church, which works towards equality in ordaining Methodist ministers who are gay or lesbian. He served as a national board member of PFLAG and is a co-founder of Truth in Progress. Welcome, Gil. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, Let me also introduce Marilyn Bennett, who's an author, activist, video biographer, nonprofit consultant with a long career in social justice, working with LGBTQ equality and the church. She was executive director of Reconciling Ministries Network in Chicago, a national organization working for sex and gender equality in the United Methodist Church. She has a Master of Divinity from SMU Perkins School of Theology, where she later worked as the Executive Director of Development, Media, and Alumni Relations. She's the co-author of We Were Baptized Too, Claiming God's Grace for Lesbians and Gays, forward by Archbishop Desmond Tutu. She currently produces video biographies for elders and people with cancer nationwide and is a co-founder of Truth and Progress. Welcome to you, Marilyn. Thank you. Um, There's a really strong intersection. My dad was a Baptist minister, American Mm -hmm. Baptist minister, who did uh, a lot of similar work to the work that you did, Gil. So Mm -hmm. I've I've been feeling very much at home getting to know you uh, leading up to this interview 
um, lots of um, things you did that he was also present for. So maybe we'll talk a little more about that as the hour goes on. But I wanted to start really with, uh, you know, obviously your film played a, a very significant role in the tour. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I wanted to start with how the film itself came about. Uh, Marilyn, can you just talk a little bit about uh, how the two of you came to want to make a film and kind of how it unfolded? Sure. Um, Gil and I met doing um, the Uganda Methodist work um, to change the policy and practice of the, of the United Methodist Church. Um, and we got to a point where we could where we wanted to, to really intentionally talk across um, different points of view. And I, and I, I think it really coalesced when the, um, the election of Barack Obama to the presidency and at the same time that Prop 8 passed um, mm. and that time period where there were people in the gay community blaming the African-American community for... Electing, coming out to elect Obama, and then voting against marriage equality, and and that just really showed um, a tension that had had been there, and we wanted to explore that, and explore um, if the you know if you could compare or not the civil rights movement to the LGBT equality movement, and so Gail and I took. Um, the work that we have been doing, letters back and forth that we had been doing to kind of learn from each other about our perspectives on the world um, as a white lesbian, a little bit younger um, author activist, and um, Gil is an African-American uh, retired pastor, civil rights movement foot, foot soldier. So... Um, we decided to take that to a multimedia project in 2010, and the, we wanted to look at these movements through a personal lens. So, and we wanted to go to sites that were significant to each movement. So, um, that's where we ended up in Selma, um, because Gil had marched there on Turnaround turn Tuesday during the Selma to Montgomery march. And um, then we did go to Stonewall, and we talked to people that were there the night of the Stonewall riots. Um, and then during the the filming um, is when so much happened, um, with Trayvon Martin being shot and killed, with uh, Zimmerman being acquitted, with um, just moving into Ferguson and Michael Brown and and Black Lives Matter really coming to the fore and. So much happening, and and that's really where the the film. That's the the three acts of the film, but it it really started with looking at the civil rights movement and the gay equality movement to see can can we bridge these communities. Hmm. Uh, that's that's a, a very um, that has a lot of impact on me. That that it kind of started to come to you with that night because um, I'm in California. That night uh -huh. where Barack Obama was elected and Prop 8 was passed had such a profound impact on me individually. Uh, I didn't blame anyone in 
particular, except the people who who voted for it. But uh, it was just uh, incomprehensible to me, honestly, that those things could have happened at the very same time. Um, and so, in some way, that really moves me that that is is um, kind of underneath. Uh, what you made, which is a beautiful conversation or a beautiful series of conversations. Um, and Gil, you're very, um, your presence in the film, the, the way, what you bring to that conversation, I found so uh, incredible. I just wondered what that was, was like to sort of welcome all of those many conversations that are a part of the film and, um, and, you know, stay to present for the differences as well as the commonalities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for, first, of course, I'd like to say Marilyn was really eloquent as she sort of talked about the history, and, and I share all of that. One of the things that just being on this program makes me think about the fact that how both of us at one time, Marilyn was within the United Methodist Church uh, and is not, and I am, but in a sense, almost, and I'm, I'm sort of using the theme of the program, the, the, the grief of, of challenging a church that you love. I mean, I, in, in my case, of course, and I, I don't know how Marilyn feels about that, but in a sense, and I, I'm, I, uh, conversations like this make me explore depths that I've not explored before, but this whole mm. challenge of exploring Mother Church, if you would, or in fact Mother Nation, and that's, that's another kind of thing that maybe we'll get into in terms yeah. of the kind of justice work we do. Uh, some people think that we simply enjoy going against uh, systems or whatever, but it's, it's not easy. Uh, and, of course, I think maybe that's, in some ways, one of the reasons I think Marilyn and I bonded. I don't think you mentioned our p- protesting in Cleveland, did you, Marilyn? When, in fact, we were protesting <laughs> the church policies. We have that awful phrase, uh, the practice of homosexuality is incompatible with Christian teaching. And mm. Marilyn and I have been sister and brother in challenging that. And, of course, we were arrested at a general conference of the Methodist Church in 2000 doing that. But, but, but yeah, it's... it's, it's uh, with that kind of background, I would bring to that to the conversation, uh, because, in fact, uh, we we challenge systems, even people we love, and the tension that there is between people whom we like at one point, but are, uh, as you suggest, and I, I like what you said, Cheryl, about that, that evening when uh, I assume you celebrated the election of Obama. Oh, yes. Very disappointed <laughs> in the defeat of the prop. That, that kind devastated, of really. Yes, yeah. uh-huh. devastated. Uh-huh. It was devastating. Sure. To be, yeah. to be honest, um, because it had been such a hopeful time right before that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, um, my my dad was a civil rights worker. I mentioned that to you before we went on air, and also a gay rights worker within the Baptist Church. Oh yeah. And one of the most crushing things in his life was after he retired, and uh, their home church. Um, voted to be welcoming and affirming, and were kicked out of the American Baptist region. Yes, yes. Um, yes. You know they were de defellowshipped basically, and that was such a crushing thing to them, having worked all their lives to bridge understanding. And so mm-hmm. I know how uh, I know so personally from being their daughter how much that impacts you when you when you believe so much in. Um, a body that then rejects something else you believe in so much. Exactly. And of course, the title of Marilyn's book, I mean, that she co-authored, I just thought of it, you know, we were baptized too. The the, the pathos of that, I mean, I don't know, Marilyn, what you would say about that, but in a sense, uh, 
really, you know, the fact, simply acknowledging supposedly uh, the the family of the baptized and their people not recognizing that you're part of the family. Uh, and I guess I, I wanted to sort of get at what 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 does how does injustice create grief. Uh, I don't know whether that's appropriate for us to get at. Oh, that's uh, I've that's, had I've had other shows about that very subject. So yes, uh, that is that is absolutely the way I see it. That um, that any any oppression creates tremendous loss. Yes, yes, yes. For yes, everyone, yes. not just the people who are oppressed, but for everyone. Uh, exactly. Mm-hmm. Would yeah, you like I to say, say more that, about that? Um, the, the book of We Were Baptized Too, um, I was working at a United Methodist seminary at the time and, and um, fell in love with a woman, and, and, and that relationship really, it, it was like, this is worth fighting for. This love is worth fighting for. And the church offends me with its policies. And I, it was during a time where the church was doing a study on sexuality and homosexuality, and so there was a lot of talk of that in a seminary, of course, and, um, but it was very painful. I couldn't be out at the time, or I chose not to be out at the time, so people were saying, you know, kind of hateful or, or ignorant things in front of me, not knowing, and um, so I started thinking, well, if I left the church and, and someone actually did an exit interview as to why I was leaving the church, what would I say? And that's where I started writing. But then mm-hmm. I was just thinking, you know, in our litigious society, what, what, what kind of contract could I hold the church to? Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized, well, baptism. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was an infant, there was a United Methodist community that said, we will raise her in in God's love, and we will teach her about God's love. And so for a community to promise that and do that and then to reject me, that um, is not fulfilling their, their contract, their covenant. So that was the, the base. So the loss of the church family is where it, it is, Gil, where I really started to write that book and to express mm-hmm. that grief. That really intersects with so many. I was on the mental health team of the Lavender Pen Tour um, as a counselor. I volunteered for that role. And maybe that inclined people to tell me their stories. Uh, Of course, that happens to me a lot anyway, (laughs) even before I was a therapist. But so many um, what I would call religious trauma stories in the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, including someone who who um, was a music minister and and his mom realized he was gay during the service and afterward he was um, shunned and no one would ever speak to him anymore. He had no place to live, had nowhere to go. You know, stories like that. But I want to, before the break, um, circle this back around too, to, um, you know, having grown up in in civil rights, that was so, um, there was such terrible cruelty and and, uh, things like the, March and Selma were an attempt to really um, make a make 
everyone aware of what was happening, I feel. I'd like to play the little clip just before we go to break of you, Gil, talking about Selma. And we'll tie those together because I think that's also about about loss and grief and, and oppression. Well, participation in the Selma march was very, very important. Uh, first of all, after that awful, bloody Sunday, many of us around the nation got um, words, from, I guess, really Western Union messages from Martin King and SCLC to come to Selma on the Tuesday following Bloody Sunday, and so I was one of those. I was in Boston at the time, and uh, I, of course, traveled with a number of people. One of those was the Reverend James Reeb, the Unitarian minister who was beaten that Tuesday night and later died from that. And then I returned, of course, for the end of the march as we marched into Montgomery. Selma was important because we were about voting rights. Uh, that was a concern. Uh, the absence of blacks on the voting logs in Alabama was a matter of real concern. And therefore, we were involved in simply protesting uh, the exclusion of persons from the voting rights because of who they were racially. And uh, therefore, we accomplished, of course, the signing of the, of the voting rights bill that unfortunately has been rescinded to some degree by both the Supreme Court and the Congress. Uh, but that was a very important part of my life, and I will never forget that experience. Mm. You know, of course, because my dad was a civil rights worker, we were aware in our house of every person who lost their lives fighting for rights, uh, every person who was... Who was um, singled out and uh, that that uh, event, uh, the march in Selma going across that bridge stood out in that context because um, people knowing that uh, at least this is how it is from my end, you'll tell me having been there, Gil, but um, you know, people were beaten and and um, crushed and walked on on that Sunday. It was a terribly violent event, at least that's how I saw it, how my dad saw it. And then to put a call out for people to come um, must have seemed, in a way, we had that idea about the Lavender Pen Tour that we were walking into danger, even though it didn't feel that way when we were, we were doing it. But that must have taken some courage. Well, you know, it's, it's amazing that we were able to show up the Tuesday after Bloody Sunday, uh, First of all, in terms of getting the word out, but uh, certainly I, I would indicate that I and I think so many of us went with fear and trembling. Mm-hmm. And of course, the, the the minister Jim Reeb, who was beaten and, and later died that Tuesday night, uh, was someone I'd gotten to know in Boston right. uh, in a fairly close relationship. And of course, I participated in his memorial service. Uh, so it was a it was a dramatic experience getting ready, and then of course with my wife. Uh, at home taking care of our two sons uh, and of course family was not happy that I responded to that call but that's, yes uh, <laughs> my mother wasn't thrilled either <laughs> so I, I know about that we're going to go to a break now and we can continue with that when we get back listeners you can find links to my website and social media at the good grief page at voice america you can like me on facebook follow me on twitter etc and to find marilyn bennett and gil caldwell in their film you can go to from selma to stonewall.com be back soon
Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Today's woman faces a stressful world when it comes to staying healthy. We are bombarded by media messages with contradicting ideas about fitness and nutrition. We need to keep our diet, relationships, and stress in check. It's time to get the right message and have the most fun. Join hosts Andrea Beeman, Lisa Lutan, and Michelle Fenighaus for Healthy View Radio. It's health and happiness in one show every Thursday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There is a difference in health and wellness programs. There can be mainstream programs, and then there is something extra. That something extra is called tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated with your host, Kristen Harper. If you want to hear some behind-the-scenes talk radio when it comes to health and wellness, the why as well as the how, be sure to tune in each week. This show will inspire you to be healthy and happy for life, as well as become the best version of yourself. Listen Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN. The Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. To reach Cheryl or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Cheryl Jones at weatheringgrief.com. Now, back to Good Grief. Welcome back. This is your host, Cheryl Jones, and I've been talking with Gil Caldwell and Marilyn Bennett about their film, From Selma to Stonewall, Are We There Yet?, Uh, which is really about... conversations to that that for me connect um uh civil rights the civil rights movement with the gay rights movement and and also talk about the intersection uh of those movements with the church and um before the break um you know we 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 listened to you talking about selma gill and then during the break uh you 
you heard me almost cry because we were talking about my dad and the work that he did about that intersection. Um, and, and I realized in preparing for this, and I wondered about your thoughts on this, that in a very hidden way, um, my dad was prepared for my coming out uh, by being in the civil rights movement in some very direct ways. One is that he, um, he was bent towards uh, rights, uh, you know, that um, p- people should have rights as individuals. However, it was also because he met gay people in that movement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he knew Bear yeah. Rustin. He knew other gay people who worked for civil rights, and that's such an un, uh, a little more known now, but such an unknown or uncommented part of that movement in some way that um, people stayed in the background in order to, uh, what, what would you say, in order to um, not dilute the message, I guess, but... They were there. Yeah, my, my story, of course, it's interesting, just the reverse of that, uh, because um, I, I talk about my epiphany moment in terms of becoming an ally advocate of gay rights, because uh, obviously as a civil rights worker, I, I, I thought that I was there on all issues. And then, of course, I tell the story, and I think the film picks up my, 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 my response to Malcolm Boyd, the Episcopal priest. Yes, uh, my dad knew him, it. too, yeah. Yeah, and 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 yeah. and, and I, I just sort of foolishly when in fact I, I mean, he'd made such an impact on my life with his writing, with his civil rights activity, and then when of course I I read that he had announced that he was gay to his Episcopal colleagues as well as to the nation, I found myself responding in a way that that bewildered me. Now I guess unlike your dad, I had not had encounters or aware of encounters with that many many gay persons. I of course was aware of Bayard Rustin and his role. But I think simply uh, I, I had to engage in some soul-searching in terms of my response, and it lasted just a few, not, not long. But it's interesting in that, in that, that my, my, family, my family involvement had not included getting to know uh, gay persons as apparently your father had. And uh, therefore, that was kind of a, a turnaround moment for me. Uh, for sure. Yes. Well, and I think, uh, you know, my mom, of course, or not of course, but this is what happened. She stayed home and took care of us while my dad, you know, went, um, as you're describing in your family. And so her education was very different from his, and he reacted very differently. She reacted very differently. Mm-hmm. Um, she had to go through much more of a soul search yes. to to figure herself out about me. Then uh, I know he did have to, mm-hmm. but not. It was not the same, you know. He he had a, a head start, I guess, is how I would look at right. it. Um, so, uh, so there we are. I'm jumping ahead here a little, but there we are. Three hundred of us, two hundred and maybe thirty of whom were gay men in Brown Chapel. And of course, um, one of the things that happened for preparation for, of us, uh, for us all to go was watching your film. And so now let's talk about how the film, how you and your film came to be a part of what I would have to call one of the magic experiences of my life. 
Well, how did it was. Um, yeah, go ahead. How did uh, just how did that happen, Marilyn? How did the film become connected with the tour? Well, it was um, Jeff Vincent. Does he go by Jeffrey or Jeff? I think just Jeff. Yeah, Jeff. He um, he actually was looking online and looking at because he was in charge of the Selma Day. Um, looking online at Selma, and then and our film came up. And so they watched it and um, got in touch and was, you know, explained about the tour and would be would we be open to coming. And, you know, it was just amazing. It was amazing to us to be invited. And um, what a powerful experience. Well, Indeed. Go ahead, Joe. In terms of and I, I, having to assess my own emotions, um, First of all, I, I think maybe, well, there were two emotional moments for me. First of all, as, as the buses arrived uh, in Selma uh, with really a police escort, you know, and, and, and that, that really grabbed me that, that here were persons who uh, had been pushed around and yet uh, Southern policemen at least were providing uh, support for that. That, that, uh, that to me, uh, it was, I can't even explain it. Uh, and then, of mm. course, the emotion of of the singing in the church, you know, in that in that church. I'm I'm not sure where the AME denomination was vis-a-vis gay rights, but uh, just filling that that church with with persons and with music was so very very moving to me. Uh, and and uh, that, that yeah, Marilyn, of course, was the one you you of course got the 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 call in terms of involving us, and uh, then of course she shared that with me and. Uh, I think uh, it still is, is 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 a wonder for me in terms of how we made that connection, and in so just so very pleased that something that Marilyn and I have done that we are involved in uh, had that impact upon persons who were getting ready to go south. Uh, just a, a very interesting yeah. kind of set of circumstances. And such an exactly. important Thank intersection. You. I just yeah. I just um, you know because. Sometimes communities don't talk to each other. We don't necessarily know each other well enough. <laughs> and to have that kind of discussion before we went and for people to have that kind of awareness or at least exposure before we left, I think, really impacted the tour. I'm hopeful that in the documentary, uh, somehow our small role in that will be captured uh, uh, I mean, I, I, Marilyn, yes, you, you I, like, are you hoping yes. that will happen? Oh, yeah. <laughs> very much. Yeah. yeah and I, yes. you know, I know that they captured a ton of footage. No, I, I know. I feel for, um, I feel for them no, I because that, yeah. uh, they're going to have a very interesting time <laughs> without a, yeah. Uh, you know, I, 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 talk, I talked last week with David Charles, who's the director of the documentary. And, um, yep, it's a challenge, but a challenge okay. he's enjoying thoroughly. <laughs> he was also very, very touched. Um, well, that, and, was such a, that was a historic moment, actually a turning point for the church, because that was the first time they've allowed anyone to film in there and to to use the footage. Yes, yes. Because um, we we um, uh, filmed in there and 
thinking that we would be able to use the footage, and then they they said, no, you can't use it. And and later, you know, learning that Oprah Winfrey wanted to use that as a, you know, film at that location, and they wouldn't let her. So I, that yeah, was well, the first time that they I, let anyone. And, and they had said no, and that was, we were living with that. Uh, yeah. I heard this afterwards. Um, they They had said no filming. And that we weren't going, you know, to to do that. We were going to be in that place. And so right, right. they agreed not to film. Mm-hmm. And then they were invited to film on the spot. And, then, and at first they said just a few minutes, and then they kept lengthening it. <laughs> uh, I, it's a remarkable thing. Uh, Jeff... Um, uh, I had a conversation with him the other day and just hearing from him how that all came about, which for him also was quite magical. Sure. Uh, it's, it's just remarkable what happened to put us there. And I, I, for me, that's the heart of the tour well, that day well, I, I for obvious personal reasons. But yeah, yeah. Well, not being self-serving, but I, I think that Marilyn and I had something to do with that turnaround. I think there was uh, sure. some memory of their rejection of us, don't you think, Marilyn, earlier? Uh, yeah. In terms yeah. of that, they were, you know, here, Marilyn and I were there in terms of being advocates of gay rights, and there was a kind of a chill in the air to some degree. Uh, but mm-hmm. then I think my being there as a veteran of, of SOMA hopefully helped uh, that make, yeah, that, that transition. I think that must no, be true. No to yes, yes. Is important. I hope that will be recorded somehow. I hope so, too. And yeah. And I felt. Maybe I was reading into this, but I felt a transformation in them during the time we were there as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, that, yes. that there was such a different feeling at the beginning than there was at the end. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and I have to say, I feel, I hope our choir is captured in that. Yes. Because yes. Uh, the fact that us 300 people could sing gospel music right... <laughs> as as yeah. Terrence would say, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, that has to do with um, basically Terrence Kelly, because <laughs> he's spent his uh, whole life teaching people from all different backgrounds to sing that music right, yeah. and um, that just is so important to him, uh, so crucial to him, and that to me was also a big part of that day. Um, you know, before oh, yeah. we go to break again, I'd just like to to share a couple of clips from the film of um, people you spoke with, um, because these are the kinds of voices that we heard going into the tour that I think just are, it's important for them to be a part of this conversation. So let's, um, it's, it's Fred, I have a clip of Fred Davey and Kiara St. James, and let's just play those both uh, before we go to break. You know, I think it's important on all of these institutions, particularly religious institutions, especially when it comes to uh, the LGBT community, to remember that they had a theology of racism. Yes, yes, yeah. That that they bought into with the people bought into with all their hearts and souls, and they were absolutely convinced that this was what God wanted. Oh, on racism. On racism. Exactly. That, that, yeah, yeah. that, that, that the, the, the races should be separate. That uh, blacks and browns 
grounds were inferior, uh, that God had cursed Ham, so you have this darker race. I mean, people believe that. In their hearts, they believed it. And sophisticated people believed it. And they used all kinds of theology and uh, scripture to justify it. They should be aware that they're doing the same thing when it comes to homosexuality. Hmm. When you talk about the trans community, it's important not to talk about it like we're a new phenomenon. Talk about it, know our history, understand that um, we've been here since the beginning of time, you know, before Judeo-Christianity, before Islam, before any of these other modern religions, there was a place for folks who we now call trans, you know, whether you call us Two-Spirit, you know, Fafa Fini, whatever the names you have for, they have for us back in the day. Um, there was a role that we played that we weren't tolerated, we were accepted as an integral part of society. And we have to get back to that. We have to get back to understanding like, it's not for you to tolerate me, it's really for you to understand my, pl my special place and my community's special place in your community and in the community of mankind, and of, of, hum of human, human beings, that we have a place, you know, and we should not be seen as an afterthought. So many moving voices of which those are only two, and I, I, f I feel that's really a strength of your, your film is all these individual voices, um, which uh, it was interesting watching the film as someone, I came out in 1971, I'm 65 in a few months, and um, the difference in, um, in the voices of different age groups um, you know how how our LGBTQ uh, lives are talked about is a little bit different, and but but what's common is that sense of you know humanity and wanting to be accepted for who we are. Well, one of the one of the intersections that I, I don't want us to miss, and I, I I really haven't talked much about it, but of course the the whole matter of of, of anti-black racism, uh, so much of it springs from biblical misinterpretation, Noah's curse. And then I suggest the same is true in terms of LGBTQ people also, that it's also biblical misinterpretation. And of course, uh, we, we, if we're honest with ourselves, so much of the anti-black reality has come from a kind of biblical interpretation of saying that blacks were cursed. And we're sort of saying the same thing, at least uh, still. I think we're still, in some instances, are saying the same thing in terms of LGBTQ mm. people. And uh, that parallel, for some, makes a difference to me. I, I think it's important, and maybe we haven't talked enough about that, uh, the, the Church and its biblical misinterpretation in order to discriminate is, of course, one of the great tragedies of, of, of the Church. Absolutely. Let's, let's come back to that after the break, because that's very intriguing to me to to talk about that genesis. I have a lot of Native American friends, and of course, Two-Spirit people were very much a part of many, many, many tribes before uh, Christianity, basically. Um, Europeans came to um, the Americas, um, so, and, and uh, Two-Spirit people were then, of course, uh, demonized quite literally. So let's talk talk more about that when we get back. And listeners, you can find me at weatheringrief.com, my, my uh, website, but also at the Good Grief host page. And to find Marilyn Barrett and Gil Cod Caldwell in their film, you can go to 
from Selma to Stonewall.com. Back after the break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Ready to transform your health and your world? Join host Melissa Alexander for Insight Living with Vitality. Melissa and her guests go behind the scenes on what it takes for practitioners and clients to transform themselves and others. She provides insight to medical procedural breakthroughs, available product resources, and explains lifestyle choices designed to improve and expand your vitality. It's time to get rid of that baggage, remove those blockages, and prevent buildup from hindering your progress in life. Tune in every month. Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Healthcare has been a major part of news stories today with one thing that has been consistent inconsistency. Both healthcare providers and patients have to work around and get used to a constantly changing set of rules and issues. Nurses have historically been left out of this decision making. Listen to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. Health professionals, we invite you to share your ideas and experiences while listening to experts in various areas of nursing. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. To reach Cheryl or her guest today, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Cheryl Jones at weatheringgrief.com. Now, back to Good Grief. Welcome back to Good Grief. I'm here with Gil Caldwell and Marilyn Bennett, and we've been talking about their film, From Selma to Stonewall, Are We There Yet?, which was at the center of a conversation for Lavender Pen participants to illuminate the intersectionality of civil rights and LGBTQ rights. Uh, And um, during the break, Marilyn, you were saying you really wanted to um, talk a bit about... um, this this passion many of us have to to fight uh, for rights in the current climate, which of course um, I'm imagining you know was how the tour itself uh, originated. Mm-hmm. That 
you know, that that sense of really needing to take whatever our gifts and talents are as people and and put them to use, which of course reminds me of my dad when I was little. The kind of, you know, um, the the drive he had to to work for equality. Um, I think I think you're correct that many people are experiencing that these days. Um, so could, but, I, could I just quickly comment because uh, in terms of this, this, I've just come from the memorial service for my my 82 year old sister who died, uh, I guess Sunday last. And uh, mm-hmm. one of the things that I tried to say is is that. Um, that it's 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 I talked about justice in my my presentation and and simply suggesting that that um, it, it's important to I'm not I'm not saying it well and maybe you could help me say what I'm trying to say uh, but I, I found myself uh, so often funerals are individualistic and of course in some churches I, I use the phrase that some people are more heavenly centered than earthly good uh, <laughs> and that happens within <laughs> Christian circles but. I just thought I felt it necessary, and I invited the community to come to the the moral service because they knew me and my activism, and they were there. Her favorite color was orange, and people were dressed. They had oranges, orange. I had an uh. orange tie, and just sort of trying to tie that to what we're talking about. I wanted to, to get that in because, in a sense, we experienced good grief in that as we were grieving, we still talked about family and justice. If that makes sense. It does. And and the other thing I'd say is obviously you can probably tell that a lot of a lot of who I am is impacted by these experiences with my parents and what they believe. You know, they're very much uh, a part of of who I am. But but I find that since I've lost them, um, they are more complete to me as total humans uh, I, I don't know exactly how else to put it. Uh, what they did in their lives, the story of their lives, uh, is is so meaningful. And I think about it maybe more than I think about them as my parents. Um, it, it's very. It has a very dramatic impact on me. And then when I have conversations like the one I'm having with the two of you, it's really present. Um, you know, just what what impact who our who our loved ones are has on then how we go forward, uh, and that's a beautiful. I can picture in my mind a whole a whole church full of people in in orange uh, as you say that. You know, just being together in that it's very beautiful. Well, it does, Gail. I think there is a strong tie of. Um, uh, Shirley's life has has ended here. You're celebrating her life, and part of mm-hmm. that celebration is, you know, those of you left here, living on. Um, that you are living on. There is there are things to do. There is justice to be sought. You know, um, so that that's that flow. You're you're taking you're taking life forward. Mm-hmm. Well, I had at the reading at the service a reading from the, the Talmud from the Hebrew Bible. Just a quick story in terms of, uh, of Akiba, I think is the name that I remember, who was concerned about coming death, and because he felt that he would be judged because he was not as good as Moses was, 
And the rabbi mm-hmm. got next to him and said, God will not judge you in terms of how you compared to Moses. God will judge you in terms of how much you were Akiba. That this whole matter of being, and I sense your, your parents were that, uh, Cheryl, that, that they were themselves, that, that you sensed, uh, as you say, in death, that you've discovered their particularity of, of, of their, their, their humanness, if you, if you will. And, and their, the context in which they took the actions that they took, uh-huh. you know, how they were raised and how they changed. Yeah. How they were transformed by what they were exposed to, and of course, that's kind of the heart of this this show, mm-hmm. that we we have difficult experiences in our lives, and they either turn into something or they don't. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, I mm-hmm. choose I choose that they do. Yeah, and and I I hear that in both of you that you take what you're given and and make something something of it. I, I call that uh, standing up on the inside, no matter how many times you're knocked down. Mm. Uh, that, that, that's so very important, I think. And, and that, that's, I guess that's what drives us, uh, Marilyn, myself, and your parents, and you yourself, Cheryl. It's that, that sense of being the best that you can be and, and, and really being committed to justice. And I guess, again, that was behind the Lavender Tour. I mean, again, I, I wish I'm looking forward to seeing that documentary because I, I sort of want to see how it evolved. Uh, I just <laughs> imagine... Uh, gay people from San Francisco coming to segregated South, the South that I knew, and just sort of <laughs> blowing it wide open is is just a wonderful mystery story. Yes. Well, I mean, you couldn't make it up, could you? <laughs> no, 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 yeah. it, no. It had to be. It had to be. Excuse me for saying so. Divinely inspired. Okay. Well, <laughs> I use that term a lot. I talk about my divine muse. So <laughs> yes. I like that. Yes. Yes. Well, and just uh, you know, as I've I've been talking with people a lot about the tour because I'm doing a whole mo- month of you know shows about it, and people know I am, and mm-hmm. we've been talking, and there are so many magical connections that happened that that you could not have made happen. They just did. Uh, uh-huh. it, it's, it's quite phenomenal over and over and over again. Not that human beings didn't do work to make it happen. You know, they say chance favors the prepared mind. I mean, people were working hard, but they couldn't have made certain things happen um, if they tried. It, there, some, a door had to open. My son's right. about things being well, organic. I felt that way about Jeff finding us. Oh, that and and many other things. I I asked Jeff the whole history of of him um, choosing. He actually chose Selma. They gave him um, Alabama, and he said we have to go to. You know, <laughs> he started working that out. What that would look like, and I he I feel was very inspired. In, in how that came to be and then in finding you and connecting with Brown Chapel and them connecting yeah. him with other people. <laughs> it's it's quite remarkable. That's why well, I... Well, the, the walking across the, the bridge was was very, very powerful. Yes. Yes. For me. Yes. Um, just the people, I was t- talking to Jeff and um, listening to Gil and Jeff talking. They were walking in front of me and then I was talking to a woman who talked about um, it, having to sit in the, the colored section in the theater and then how they 
they did some integration with that. And I mean, there's stories that come for the tour, but the stories that I was hearing on that day were, were just so remarkable. It was just so special all the way around. And then um, having worked so much on the archival footage of Bloody Sunday for the film, you know, and finding it and looking at it and the, and the editor, you know, deciding which part we were going to get and, and um, you know, getting it from the Associated Press and all of that, um, those those images were seared in my mind of where different things happened. And on that day, on Turnaround Tuesday, I had, you know, I had imagined so many times what Gil had described had happened with um, King and others kneeling to pray while those who had come that day didn't necessarily know that it was going to, the group was going to stop in the middle of the bridge and then turn around. But it, so, and then, and then to actually, actually marching across, I know to actually be there. It, yeah. it gives me, it gives me hope to be oh, yes, truthful. Yes, yes. And uh, I do want to kind of end with some hope. Um, there's, there's some uh, voices of hope in your film that we have on clip. Let's play that right now. What I've had to do, and I think what people like me have to do, is we have to go deep. You know, go deep inside, deep to that well, deep to our faith. We've been down this road before, and now we're here again. Nothing much has changed except the how, the why, the when. Where we recognize our shared humanity. And we can approach each other with openness, and respect and work to move forward. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a movement and sort of suggested that my view of the gay rights movement is that that's the movement that's going to take us to the promised land. <laughs> and, and you're just as there are flaws in the civil rights movement, there are flaws in this movement that I'm identifying as taking us there. But then it is, it is in the intersections. It is in the intersections that we will find the new world. Absolutely. There's so much pain but we also have so much hope. And I think when we can gather people of hope, even if it's just a flicker, together there's, there's more of a light. It is at the intersections, huh? Mm-hmm. That, 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 yes. that, that sentence is, I think I'm going to write it and put it on my wall somewhere. Thanks so much for being with me today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Oh, thank you. And that's Marilyn Bennett and Gil Caldwell and their, their film, From Selma to Stonewall. You can get that at fromselmatostonewall.com. Next week, I'll have participants of the Lavender Pen Tour talking about the impact on them of the tour. This has been Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. I look forward to being with you again next week for another meaningful conversation. Thank you so much for joining us for Good Grief. 
Please come back next Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Cheryl Jones, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a meaningful week. Abre mi corazón.